1: Vince? Is it, time? is it time? Are you ready for game day rapid fire?
2: I didn't realize we were there already.
1: We're here. We're here. Fill in the blank on this first one. If okay. Brian Polian was blank, Brian Mason is blank.
2: If Brian Polian was a clown, then Brian Mason is the ringleader. <laughs> he is the the man with the with the red coat, the top hat. He is running that three-ring circus. And Brian Polian's in the corner, uh, trying to get out of the small car with all the other clowns. Perfect. <laughs> that is just perfect.
1: <laughs> uh, I said if Brian Polian was Clark Kent, Ooh. then Brian Mason is Superman nice. because Polian is just this bland. You know, like as a special teams coach, obviously, Correct. is what Correct. we're talking about. The special teams coordinators. You know, it's just this bland, nondescript, you know, kind of whatever. But throw off the glasses, pull off that blazer, Love and that. the big S comes out, and there's Brian Mason. Is like, we're going to block some punts. We're going to disrupt guys <laughs> today. We're not going to play it safe out here. We're going to go after guys. We're going to get guys. We're going to recognize where we can go get guys. And that's what Brian Mason has been so far.
2: Yes, I agree with that completely. I, that's a great analogy. I like that a lot. And David, he goes. David goes. I'd love my wife to be as excited to for me, to see me as Vince is for rapid fire. I will also say I wish my wife was excited. Is excited. I, mean, to see me.
1: I think we're probably all in that same boat, right? <laughs> like that's why we have rapid fire so that's we can right. all get excited with each other. <laughs> that
2: is awesome. That's great. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. All right, so Audric Estime has fumbled 3 times in 4 games. What can be done, Vincenzo? Well,
2: obviously in practice, you've got to just drill into his head and drill into his body what, what the way he needs to carry the football. I mean, that's obvious, right? But I believe that they're doing that, okay? Number 1. Number 2, you need to get him back in the game. I mean, you you need to get him in the game it doesn't necessarily have to be an important moment. Let him start the game. I don't care but get him in the game, let him take some hits, let him get some yards, let him get in the flow again, because right now he's too much in his head and that's never going to be a good place for a running back to be. And so he just needs to get back in the groove, back in the flow. And I think he's going to be just fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you just, I don't know if it's the way he's holding the ball or exactly what he's, you know, there've been times where it's been a little bit low, I think, but I think as you pointed out, earlier one of them was when he was reaching for the goal line against North Carolina you know that's one thing so really it's too true you know a fumble is a fumble especially when you're you're at the goal line but you got to hold on to that football and when it's two games in a row like if he holds on to that ball against Stanford they're probably going to beat Stanford you know and and that's what really kills you and then when you come back against UNLV and you do it the next week I think then it's really in your head exactly he's just got to hold on to the football because he is one of their probably four best players on offense they need him on the field especially like if we're talking about you know like we're talking about all this two back sets 21 personnel and all that kind of stuff you've got to have audric estimate to do that because audric estimate can affect the game they've got to have him on the field so whether they did the program treatment and they had him holding on to the football, walking around on campus or whatever, Andre Castamay's got to hold on to it. And I'm sure ball security has been a big focus Oh for yeah, him.
2: I have no yeah. doubt in my mind. I'm not at practice, but there's no way you ignore the issue, right? And they didn't ignore it in the last game. He fumbled, he was out, and he didn't come back in, right? Yeah. But if this offense is going to be an offense that's going to put points on the board and an offense that's going to be able to run the ball at will you know when you want to, Audric Estime needs to be involved. He he's part of this offense. If he's not involved, they they're not going to be as good as they can be.
1: Yeah, I'll be really curious to see how they use him and how quickly he does get in there. Sto says one chance today. If the ball comes out, sit the rest of the game. I mean, you know, and again, like that does affect whether or not you're going to use more 21 personnel and sure. stuff like that. If you've got the ability to use that second back, I think at the very least, you can start off like with him and, and Chris Tyree in there and it doesn't have to be him getting the ball sure. right away. There are different things you can do, but. And I yeah. wouldn't,
2: I don't disagree with stymie on that. I want, I do want to say that I don't disagree with it, but you don't tell him that ahead of time. You don't say, Hey, yeah. you put the ball on the yeah, ground. You and
1: can't stop. let him know that. Right. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> negatively reinforce that. Right. You've got to give him as much positive reinforcement yes. as possible. You're our guy. You know, yes. you're still our guy and that kind of stuff. Hold on to the football though. Absolutely.
3: I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. Because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So Estime is currently Notre Dame's leading rusher on a scale of 1 to 10. How confident are you he will still be the leading rusher at the end of the season?
2: This was a tough one for me because if he hadn't fumbled, I feel like he's got a good opportunity because he is the guy that they put in the game when they want to run it out. And unfortunately, you know, last week they wanted to run it out from like halftime on. And so they pretty much just ran the ball consistently over and over and over and over. And I yeah. think normally those those carries go to Audrick. I do. And so, but with the fumbling is what is the is the wild card here. So I'm going to say, and I still don't know if Logan Diggs is the guy yet. I don't know if he's the lead back, quote unquote. Based on last week, I would say yes. So I'm going to say that Logan Diggs ends up being the lead back and he ends up getting the yard. So I'll put this at a four because it wouldn't surprise me right so like a 40 60 kind of a thing like 40 percent, 60 percent. it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if it was audric because if he starts running the ball with confidence he doesn't put the ball on the ground anymore they're going to feed him right and so he could very well continue to be the lead back but i i will i'll go with logan just because of what he did last week
1: yeah see i'm leaning in that direction as well estimate's got about a hundred yard lead on Diggs right now. And obviously right. Diggs had the big game last week, but again, how much of that had to do with the fact that Estime was out of the game? I still think that at least half of those carries that Diggs was getting at the end of the game are going to Estime because yes. that has been his role. You bring in that big power yep. back, you you know, you just make him hurt yep. and you finish it off with Estime. If he doesn't fumble, he's in the game for for that. And, and you yeah. uh, know, and that's that's kind of how he's had that team lead in rushing so far. Right. But is he going to hold on to the football that's, that's that's the biggest question and how much confidence you have in in him to be in those situations because if you're going to be in the closer or you're going to be in the closer role they have to have confidence in you that you're going to hold on to the football and not give it up and and cough it up so until we see that you know that's i think we're going to you know kind of find out to an extent some of that today but until we see that they are more confident giving the ball to digs so i'm with you i'm i'm at a four right now just because Ooh. like if estimate holds on to the football then you there's no doubt you're going to be giving him the football in those situations but he's got to show that he can mm. hold on to that thing
2: and i and i just don't know from this particular staff how long it will take for him to get out of the doghouse of those fumbles right if this was the previous staff he may not see the field again the rest of the season right you know what i mean because we've seen that right for Sure. and i i don't think that this staff is like that i think he'll get some redemption opportunities today but it's still a big question mark because we just don't know it's too new of a staff to really understand how they treat this kind of stuff
1: yeah good point we saw Steve Angeli make his Notre Dame debut last week after Drew Pine took that blow to the head that wasn't called targeting scale of one to ten what's the likelihood we see Angeli again this season in a non-injury or non-blowout type situation
2: well, since I can't go any lower than one, I'll say one uh, based on your scale of one to ten. I just <laughs> I don't see Drew Pine getting benched because he is still much better than Angeli from a playbook understanding standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, all of the above. I just <clears throat> I don't see it. I mean, Angeli's still a true freshman. He's supposed to be the number three quarterback. That was supposed to be his role this year. I don't see them throwing him in. His skill set is not different enough from Drew Pine to put him in when the game is on the line. So from a non-injury, non-blowout situation, he's not getting in the game. I'm sorry.
1: I agree. I agree. If they needed a three-touchdown lead for him to be in the game in the fourth quarter last week, which is basically what Marcus Freeman said they needed. They were thinking about if they had scored again and, and gone up by three touchdowns, he's going to be on the field. I think that that was the situation, you know, that was the opportunity for him. I, I don't think there's going to be an Angeli package, which we've talked about all those different things. Right. I think that, that he's still got work that he's got to do. He's still got to get a better grasp of the offense in general. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see him. So I put it at a one yeah. as well. John says he thinks Angeli maybe plays against Navy, you know, again, in a blowout, a blowout situation. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's not going to be when the game is on the yeah. line. There's no way. No yeah,
1: Mike Stimey said, "Non blowout, not injury, not happening," and I agree with that. Brent going back to the the Estime question. Syracuse defenders are going to be aggressively trying to persistently rip the ball out of Estime's hands, sure. and I think that's what everyone's going to do. Once you see that on film, okay, seven can cough it up. You're going to go after him. You know, you're going to go after everybody to get the football, but you're going to go especially hard out of a guy who's got a track record now yeah. of
2: of coughing it up. Can I, I want to pull this one up too. Uh dropping dimes says what about a Hail Mary situation and Pine can't get it there? What have we seen to make you think that Angeli can get it there? Right. Just throwing that out there. I'm not I'm not pushing against what you're saying. We haven't seen Angeli do anything throwing the ball down the field in a Hail Mary situation. Nobody knows how strong his arm is in a college setting, you know, when the game is on the line. No, I'm sorry. I don't see that happening either. I concur.
1: Fill in the blank. Marcus Freeman kicking field goals rather than going for it on fourth down last week was blank.
2: A measure of the maturity that Marcus Freeman is gaining as a head coach. Because earlier on in the season, he's going for it on fourth down. And now he's kicking field goals. And the way the offense is played, you need to get points. You need to get points. And if you have an opportunity to get points, and you have... Blake groupie and he's pretty much automatic at this point you kick and you get those three points and so I think that that is a clear indication of Marcus Freeman's learning curve as a head coach
1: I agree with all of that and uh, like he's talked about we've seen him learn from whether you want to call it a mistake or not he's he's basically you know like he went for it obviously on fourth and two against stanford and it didn't work out you know like you can talk about the play call whatever bottom line is they got stuff they gave up points in a game where points were a premium and i especially like early on just getting your points you'd you'd always rather have touchdowns than field goals but i would rather get the points early and at least you're accumulating points because the longer that goose egg stays on the board right the more kind of you you know you you tighten up and the more it becomes a thing like we're you know we really need these points now that kind of thing so i like at least it, it, it's it's definitely settling for points but i would rather them doing that there's so much of the analytics yeah. that i always want you to go for it on these fourth and short situations especially if you're deeper in plus territory there's sometimes to do it but you also have to trust that the right play is going to be called, you know, and yeah, absolutely and play calling has been an issue this season. So I like taking the points rather than risking coming away with nothing, especially early on.
2: Salty Virginia Peanut says Marcus Freeman is just founding out what kind of plays yes. Tommy could call on fourth down and is moving to field goals instead. <laughs> yes.
1: Talk about moving the goalposts, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's hilarious, dude. Literally you know, I,
1: moving the goalposts.
2: I think that's funny. I think that's fantastic, man. Well, well played. Well played. Yep. Yep.
1: Michael Mayer needs one Mm -hmm. touchdown reception today and 25 yards receiving to become Notre Dame's all-time leader for a tight end in both of those categories. So do you buy or sell him breaking both records? And if you're buying, predict the quarter that he's going to break each.
2: Uh, Huge buy i mean he's definitely gonna get a touchdown today he's definitely gonna get 25 yards and i'm gonna say not only does he get it in the first quarter i think he gets it on the first drive
1: Ooh, okay
2: how about that uh i i feel like i feel like and i hope that notre dame has gotten the first quarter you know uh monkey off their back right and they came out fast last game They went no huddle. They were just moving, moving, moving. There was really no scan for the most part in the first series. They just went and they moved. I think that happens again. And I think he gets, I I, I will, for the purposes of the question, I will say first quarter. (laughs) Okay. But then I'm going to go a little further and I'm going to say, I think there's a possibility that he gets it in the first drive.
1: Okay. I do think that he, I'm buying, he will break both today because I mean, he's Michael Mayer and you know, it's like, Drew Pine is going to throw to Michael Mayer. I'll say he gets the yardage in the first quarter, the touchdown in the second quarter. Ooh,
2: okay, all right.
1: Because you know, let's remember that before they scored twenty-one points in the first quarter last week against UNLV, they had scored twenty-four. They had scored six points yeah. in the first quarter in the first six games of the season. I know combined. I
2: know. So they should have had thirty-five in the first quarter. Yeah. You know, last week.
1: And Syracuse is at least a little bit better team. But, you know, like go back to BYU when Tariq Bracey had that gift of an interception on the very first play of the game. They get the ball at like the 45, I think it was, and they end up settling for a field goal. So I'll I'll say the yards in the first quarter, the touchdown will go in the second quarter. You're I do so think much, that it will get both.
2: You're so much more logical than I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm all emotion over here. I've got all white on today because that's what I wore when they played BYU. And like I, I have literally become that fan, John. Where I feel like what I wear in South Bend, Indiana, is going to make a difference in how they play. in And wear the and right New thing,
1: York. sit in the right spot. The whole I have time. lost
2: my ever-loving mind. That's what happened. I've <laughs> I mean, lost my mind.
1: Join the crowd. Join the crowd. <laughs> Tyler Evans with a super <laughs> chat. I'm feeling a punt return touchdown for Notre Dame, and a special team wins this game Ooh. for Notre Dame. Do you buy or sell that? Ooh.
2: Well, number one, I would love, absolutely love a punt return touchdown because that would silence a lot of the haters out there for Brandon Joseph, who I think is doing a really good job returning punts this year. So I would love that part. I am really hoping that this game does not come down to a special teams situation. If it does, I have all the faith in the world that Notre Dame will win that game. So if it does come down to special teams, I love Notre Dame in that spot because I love Notre Dame special teams. So On that front, Tyler, I would agree with you. I just hope the game's not that close.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. Special teams could really sway it in a game like this against a good opponent. I, you know, I'll be honest. I am really curious to see. You know, like, well, we'll get to the game prediction, so I'll save it for that. But I don't know about the punt return touchdown. It would be great if it happens because predict those things though. You know, you know, like like the punt blocks, I think maybe started to sway because there were some, you know, like anti Mason, Oh, is this special teams really that great? They're still not returning anything. And that's what people want. They want the big returns of whether it's kickoffs or, or punts. But when you start blocking punts that shows you, Hey, you know, like he's identifying weaknesses in, in opposing, you know, protections and that's how they're able to block those punts. So you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily feeling it on the punt return, but if they do, I think that that would be huge in a game like this, and I think that it would probably sway the game for Notre Dame since they're still kind of lacking some of those explosive plays in the offense. If they get that punt return, I do think that, that yeah, that, that probably ends up being a game-winning type situation.
2: Salty's on fire today. He's on fire. I'll just say, I'll just say that.
1: I know. He got in late, and, you know, he's – He's bringing it. He is bringing it, man.
2: I'm also wearing pants, by the way. I actually showed my pants earlier in the game or in the show. Crystal
1: wants to know, is this a game where you take the points when you can and go play defense?
2: 100%. And it's not just this game. It's every game. Yeah. Moving forward.
1: Because your defense is still, you know, red zone problems aside, your red zone is still pretty good from a scoring standpoint and total yardage standpoint. Yep. So yeah, I absolutely let that and you know again like going back to the Freeman conversation, just take your points, get the yep. points where you can because your defense is playing pretty good. Keep accumulating points wherever you can. Yes. Don't turn down the opportunity to get them, especially, you know, if you end up inside the 20 and you've got to settle for a field goal. Don't don't get yep. tempted too Look, hard.
2: Syracuse is averaging 15 points given up a game. Okay. Yep. You're gonna need to score yep. more than 15 points to win this like game. John said. Yep. So you need to. Take points where you can get them. I I think Notre Dame is going to score more than 15, but you need to get points where you can get them. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. Last rapid fire question, then we got to get into our uh, game predictions for today. Do you buy or sell at least one Irish running back with over 100 yards from scrimmage today?
2: Ooh, did you change that one? All right. Uh, No, it was
1: always on there, but I skipped another question. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, you did. Okay, yeah, I see that. Okay, fair enough. I am going to say over because I'm praying that they listen to our show and they get the running back more involved. (laughs) Number one, number two, I think this is a team that you can run on. And I think that they're going to have an opportunity to get yards, especially. And I, again, this kind of goes back to the Audric estimate question. If they are, if he's still in the doghouse for the fumbling, you're going to be down to two backs and that's obviously more opportunities for the other two guys. So uh, I will say I will buy that. I think that okay. one running back gets over. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I think so as well. And I'm I'm jumping on Chris Tyree. I, I think Ooh. this is the kind of game where they you know they kind of go back and Tommy Reese kind of reevaluates and go, oh yeah, that guy's got some quickness. That guy's <laughs> got some speed. We need quickness and speed against a, a pretty good defense like Syracuse. And I think Chris Tyree becomes more involved in the game plan today. So I think at least one back goes over 100 yards from scrimmage today.
2: I love that. I love it. All right,
1: let's do some of our predictions. Notre Dame-Syracuse, let's start with that before we get into a couple of the national games.
2: Well, I've kind of hinted around at it a little bit about what Notre Dame is going to be able to do. I think they definitely score more than 15 points. Yes, this defense is holding teams to 15 points, but at the same time, I think Notre Dame can do well over that. A lot of it has to do with what Jesse was saying and confusing the linebackers and things like that. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they run a three front. And I, I, I love that against this Notre Dame offense. And we know that Notre Dame wants to run the ball almost to a detriment. Right. And (laughs) I think that they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to put it in the end zone. I, you know, we led the show off with what we learned last week. I've learned nothing except for the fact that I know Notre Dame is going to run the ball. And I think that they get have success running the ball. I'm hoping that the running of the football leads to play action. And I'm hoping that Drew Pine finds the median, right? Yeah. That's that's the goal. I don't need him to be the Drew Pine from those first three games. He just can't be the Drew Pine from the last two. And so I hope he finds the median today. I hope he is able to hit the long ball a couple of times. Again, this may fall in line with why I'm wearing all white again. <laughs> But I've got Notre Dame you winning. You need the fancy
1: Shamrock Series white sweatshirt, by the way. That Those are nice looking. Fire, and I'm not man. like a wear white kind of guy.
2: The, the problem the problem is, man, that's going to set me back from a paycheck yeah. standpoint. Those are so expensive. I know. But, no, I love, love, love that sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, I, I've got Notre Dame winning 37-23. Big win. 37-23. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: My head tells me take Syracuse, uh, you know, because they've been – far more consistent than the Irish. They had Clemson on the ropes, of course, before they coughed up that 11 point fourth quarter lead last week. And, you know, then you throw in the inconsistency. Notre Dame's had, you know, losing to Stanford and a lackluster win last week. But my gut is telling me go with the Irish because they have played their three best games against the three best teams on their schedule away from home this season. And they've won two out of those three games, North Carolina, BYU and of course the loss coming to Ohio State and the you know the pendulum of emotions you know kind of I think swing again this week. So if they do win this game and look pretty good in the process, there are going to be some things to talk about in terms (laughs) of what are you doing when you're at home that you're playing that much worse at home than on the road against the better teams on the schedule. I've got Notre Dame winning a little closer than your game, thirty to twenty four.
2: Irish, that's fair. They still cover the spread though, because Syracuse is yeah, favored by a an underdog. one and a half, right? Yep. Is that what the last thing I saw? Uh so yeah, I mean, I would I would personally take Notre Dame in the points. Not that one and a half is a lot of points, but I would take those, I would take that bet as well.
1: Yep. We've got some close ones, we've got some blowouts that that people are predicting. Really yeah, curious. Put,
2: put your uh, predictions in there and we'll throw them up as we go here, everybody. Yep.
1: All right. How about Ohio State at Penn State today, Vince?
2: Yeah, twelve o'clock on Fox. So nobody's going to be watching that game because everybody's <laughs> going to be watching the Notre Dame game, of course. Uh, but we did have to pick it because it's a it's two ranked teams in the Big Ten. And yeah, and that's it, it's a big game. Uh, but top two, top thirteen teams, right? So Ohio State leaves the state of Ohio just for the second time all season, Sean. Second time, really? That is mind boggling to me since we are days away from November. Okay. Uh, the only other time they left, I believe was to play Michigan state at Michigan state and the rest of their games have been in the state of Ohio, believe it or not. So I think Ohio state is really, really good. Uh, I, I think that they're probably going to go undefeated. I don't think this game is going to be that close. I think, yeah. I think Penn state might keep it close in the first half just because it's a home game. It'll probably be you know a, a noon whiteout situation or whatever. So maybe they'll keep it close. But I think in the second half, Ohio State blows it open. I'm going to go 45-20, Ohio State over Penn State.
1: 45-20. Ohio State's offense has been so good since they scored just 21 points against Notre Dame. Iowa has the number six total defense in the nation and the number eight scoring defense. Ohio State scored 54 points against them last week. They've they've scored at least 45 points in every game since they scored just 21 against Notre Dame in that opener. I think Penn State has to play a perfect game in all facets to have a chance today. Good luck with that. Ohio State, 48. Penn State, 28 today. Okay. All right, how about Oklahoma State, number nine Oklahoma State, at number 22 Kansas State?
2: Yeah, so for this one, I you know, Oklahoma State continues to impress me out of the Big 12. I mean, the Cowboys are I believe a one and a half dog, right? They're they're a dog in this game. Which surprises. Uh, when I first wrote this, they were a one and a half point favorite. So it has actually swung over to Kansas State huh. at this point. <clears throat> and I think that this is about as close to a pick 'em game as you can get with the games that we have to pick uh today. This is going to be a classic Big 12 game, though. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, and so I'm going to take Oklahoma State in this one, 42-37. to 37. Lots of points. The,
1: the only loss for each of these two teams in conference play is TCU. Kansas State you know, wants to grind it out. Oklahoma State's pass defense is the weakness, but Kansas State wants to run the ball. Adrian Martinez, the quarterback, the guy who transferred from Nebraska, hurt his leg last week against TCU, so his status is up in the air. That affects him, I think. You know, and it's a lot to put on the shoulders of their running back Deuce Vaughn, who went for over 100 yards in four of their first five, but he's only had 106 combined in the last two games. So I just think there's more dimension to the Oklahoma State offense, especially if Martinez can't go. So I've got the Cowboys winning 38 to 30 in manhattan today still
2: still a lot of points still almost 70 points for you so yeah i think there's going to be i think there's going to be a lot of points scored i really do so
1: last game we're picking today florida against number one georgia
2: okay first of all the spread is 23 points okay i mean and it's at georgia so you can't even use the swamp as a potential like Uh win for florida I mean, I get why we're picking this game, but at the same time, I don't think this game is going to be all that close. Florida has disappointed me so many times this year. First against Kentucky, didn't show up in that game, and then thanks a lot. You lost to LSU at home. What are you doing, number one? Come on, man. Come on. So you've disappointed me all season. I'm not on the Florida bandwagon anymore. That's for darn sure. I'm taking Georgia 49, Florida 17.
1: Yeah, Florida's got to be able to run the ball to have any chance. They, they've they run the ball for over 200 yards against everyone but Tennessee this year. But Georgia's only allowing 83, 83 rushing yards a game. Their quarterback, Florida's quarterback, Anthony Richardson, he's got to be perfect as well, but he's only completed 56% of his pass. He's got seven interceptions. I just don't see how Florida even stays in this game i've got georgia winning 45 to 17
2: it may i mean it may be over before halftime i mean yeah. that, that's how bad i think this one's going to end up being you know between the hedges all that stuff you want you want to i know we're about done do you want to throw out your upset pick
1: um honestly i can't even remember what it is
2: right now <laughs> the top of my head
1: i'm trying i i struggled to even find one this week the I, games the matchups this week are just kind of eh, you know
2: i I, my, my upset one is I've got uh Wake Forest on the road at Louisville. Wake Forest is the 10th ranked team in the country. They're only favored by three mm. going on the road to Louisville. I, that I pick that as my upset Louisville over Wake Forest since it's at home. If they can disrupt that 10 second mesh that Wake Forest has, they've got a shot at winning this game. And so yeah. I, why not? That's my upset pick.
1: All right. Sounds good. Well, that is going to do it for today. Of course, post game show and early post game show. Yes. Vince and Brian and is Ryan going to be on the post game show? I know he's he at not because he's not? going to be okay. at the
2: game. He's going to be driving home, but it'll be Sean and myself for okay. sure. We'll see what happens with Brian. So hit that notification bell so that you know when that show is going to be.
1: All right, sounds good to me. Hey, if you would hit the like button on your way out, we appreciate you being here as always. And you know, again, we've got a little bit shorter show today because of the fact it's a noon game and i got to get to work on this audio, getting the podcast posted as soon as this is over. We need to hire a producer for this stuff.
2: You're not kidding.
1: I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Vince, (laughs) had a fun time as always. Guys, gals, everybody, thanks for joining us today. And again, be sure to hit the post-game show afterwards. We will talk to you later. IB Countdown to kickoff.